Good evening. <laughs> I practiced that in the car this morning. <laughs> you don't have to admit that to all of our listeners. I want to be honest. Okay. I want to be real uh, so they don't feel bad that they can't do that that well. Good evening and welcome to Happenstance Podcast. I just know. It turned Russian, but I liked it. It still. did. I did like it. I'm still a vampire. Can you tell I'm a vampire in it? Yes. I like that. <laughs> that felt like it was better than mine. Wait, you do it. Good evening. Welcome to Happenstance Pod. I'm Jotsna. And this is Sam. We do sound like what we do in the shadows. Yeah, that's my top vampire media right now. Sorry, Twilight. But yeah. Hey, I'm Sam. I'm Jotsna. And this is Happenstance. The podcast where we talk about TV shows and movies that we haven't seen. And give our stance on them. Perfect. Perfect. Nailed that another, one. Another ep out of the park already. Happenstance. So, Justin, what's up with you lately? I feel like I'm anxiously counting down to Halloween. What's going on with you? I just love my family. That reminds me a lot of a movie that you and I watched together recently. I was going to say the exact same thing. Would you happen to be thinking about Donnie, Donnie Darko? Darko? <gasps> Jinx. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're gathered to talk about the little known flop sequel, S. S Darko. She's that girl. <laughs> it's just so i have actually seen s darko but i think only like the first part of it because it was that bad whoa yeah as a teen after being a huge fan of donnie darko so even as a mere teen and being a fan you couldn't get through this movie i think this movie isn't for fans or teens i'll say that up top do you know who it's for no no okay it's for no one I kind of think, yeah, I kind of think it wasn't because you never heard of it. I didn't. You've seen the famed original. I've seen it many times. There you have it. I think I came across it in like the last days of my town's blockbuster. It made it there. Okay. And because I was a Donnie Darko lover of this indie cult Jake Gyllenhaal classic, I was like, oh, mom, dad, you got to get it for me. Right. It does feel like everyone checked out like the proposal or whatever and then you had to dig through the bargain bin for and S. Popped Darko. it on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What did you know about S. Darko? How did you become... I feel like you're the one who wanted to do it, right? Yes. Um. When I told somebody about the podcast, they suggested this movie. Okay. So it was brought to our table. It was. Thank you to that listener. Brad. Brad, thank you for your suggestion of doing this movie. I'd never heard of it. And I certainly don't think it should exist, but... I was excited to talk about it, Brad. So thanks. Thanks this, for bringing that to the docket. This one's for you. And we already decided in advance it's going to be a relaxing one. I feel relaxed right now. You've got your hoodie up. You've got your skull t-shirt on. You're looking reminiscent of Donnie himself. Do we want to talk about that movie a little? I think we're allowed to talk. Yeah, say if you got some stuff to say, I think say it. I think it's a it's a great film. I think it has a fantastic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I think Jake's performance is haunting, dare I say. Yeah. I think everyone's performance is genuinely, Incredible. genuinely good. Great performances. Drew Barrymore, a special shout out. Dark red hair. Being creepy as a teacher. But saying some incredible lines. And yeah, do, do I think as an adult watching this movie, I'm like, all of her actions are not acceptable. Sure. But she's also, I feel like, engaging with her students in a way that all English teachers can learn from. Right. But not learn from too much. No. Because there are lines being crossed. But they can take mild direction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I would also like to shout out the bunny costume. Incredible. Just stunning. Frank. Just as a whole guy. I think it's a really good. He's a good guy. Guy to be in a movie. Yeah. The bunny. If you're listening. Come on the pod. I actually would love to like, I don't watch YouTube videos, but I would love to watch a YouTube video where like the guy who played Frank is like, I was in that bunny costume for 18 hours and it's hot in there, but it was worth it. Do you think the guy who played Frank, who got the bullet in his eye? Was the same guy who's in the costume? No. I don't think so either. I think it's like the same thing with Darth Vader, where the guy who voiced it wasn't... It's different. Yeah. What kind of guy do you think was in the costume? I can't even begin to imagine. He was just like a six-foot-tall white guy. But just any of them? Just a just a guy. I feel like usually the guys like that look kind of weird. Like, they have a texture. Because they're not the six-foot-tall white guy who gets to be the star. Oh, no. They're like yeah. a six-foot-tall white guy who's in a bunny costume for like But months. is good at like gesticulating. 
that's true mascot skills yeah okay what is your favorite part of the movie donnie darko i think i mean we talked about this while we watched it but i just love the tape that patrick squazy the town pervert makes his like inspirational tape about love and fear videos Yeah. yeah i feel like they're so accurate to the videos like we watched in health class totally about like how we shouldn't masturbate or whatever is that what yours were like some of them really yeah what were yours about just not touching on masturbating like being like you gotta quit dip eventually okay that's the kind of <laughs> stuff or like probably like don't do meth like our health class was more about oh and like just don't have sex because like you're gonna get the pregnant and die, yeah. yeah ours was like here is exactly what crack cocaine is and how to identify it if it is offered to you and how it will make you feel, aka awesome. But also, don't do it. I think we have that kind of thing. Okay. Well, okay, wait. I'm confused, though. They're covering masturbation, but from a negative bent? No, actually, okay. We had one video that mentioned masturbation in it as, like, a normal part of puberty. And our health teacher was like, disregard that portion of the video. Do not listen to that portion of the video. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. But it's... Like, I don't think that's good, obviously. But I imagine being a health teacher and looking at a bunch of, like, gross 12-year-olds and then being like, oh, now they're all going to make a big deal and, like, they all jerk off. And I'll just think about that kind of thing and be grossed out. I guess you don't want to be the point person on the masturbation video. Ideally not. <laughs> and I think I've organized my life in a way that probably won't happen. <laughs> but crazy to not do that. But imagine being like, I want to, I really want to teach gym class. I'm I'm passionate about physical education, and now you also have to show them the masturbation video. You have to video. do the sex talk at school. Yeah. yeah, just a video though. What's your favorite part of Donnie Darko? I don't know. I have a hard time picking. I do think the whole sequence where he gets out of the bus and it's, the camera spins and we oh, live yeah. for a thousand years. That's really good. The head over heels. Yes. Yeah. That's really. I would say that's like. If I was able to give awards for outstanding moments in cinema, I'd give it to that. I also feel the same way about the Mad World sequence at the end. Outstanding moment in cinema. Totally. But there's just so many good parts. Like Mm -hmm. the the dinner table scene. All the moms. All the moms are doing incredible acting. Jake Gyllenhaal's facial reactions. Frank, we already covered that guy. Even the dad. Rarely do you see a movie where a teen's dad is hitting out of the park, but I think Donnie's dad hits it out of the park. He also has, like, emotional... He emotionally connects to his children and his wife. And And his wife. And And they go to school events. Yeah, and I like the part when the principal talks to them and the dad refuses to punish his son. Yeah, that's kind of rock and roll of him. Yeah, it's just a good movie. It is a good movie. But the dad also in that one part says that he used to be crazy and Donnie's not crazy. Teasing, da-da-da, inherited mental illness. Which for me, I think that kind of thing, really President S. Darko. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, okay, you gave me a big hint as to what S. Darko is about. I did. The The youngest daughter's name is Samantha. Darko. Samantha Darko. Yeah. What did you think about that? I um, took that and freaking ran with it. Great. <laughs> I feel like so did whoever made this movie. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but why do you think it's called S. Darko and not like Sam Darko? Okay. I think because Sam Darko doesn't have the ring to Donnie Darko and S. Darko is mysterious. Like yeah. It makes you be like, who's S. Darko? See, that was exactly my thought as to why they did that. Yeah. But then I decided to come up with a different reason and make my happenstance based entirely on that reason. Okay. Hit me. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. I think she's called S. Darko because she's an FBI agent. And on her badge, it says S. S Darko. Darko. Agent S. Darko. That's exciting. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. In that case, FBI, as we know, is a federally... Is, it's, the FBI is a... Famously federal, federal organization. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. So in that case, where do you think the movie's set? Okay. I think it is set near like FBI headquarters near DC, like Virginia. Okay, famously where Donnie is, Middlesex, Virginia. True. I didn't even put that together, but yeah. And um, the time period. Okay, so the original movie takes place in 1988. Famously a year before Taylor Allison Swift was born in 1989. Um, AKA ex-girlfriend of Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Would you like to say anything about that? No. <laughs> 
Okay, a lot has been said on the subject, so I guess um, let's move it along. Okay. Um, but the original takes place during a presidential election between yeah. um, Michael Dukakis and George H.W. Bush, yes. which is a time of increased conservatism in America. Right. Michael Dukakis lost to history. Yes. I like, only know about that guy because of Donnie Darko. So I think I, I wanted to also make mine like a common on like the conservative tide or whatever in america mm-hmm. um and also my favorite fact about donnie darko is that the reason it bombed in the box office slash like never was like fully theatrically released is because it was supposed to come out at the same time as 9-11 and donnie darko features a plane crash just a, an element of a plane falling from the sky that's still too 9-11 adjacent but that's like an act of god you know like no one's out there sawing it off on the wing <laughs> The, the latest James Bond movie was actually supposed to be about a pandemic and they rewrote the entire villain plot so that it wasn't because it came out during COVID. Maybe I get 9-11 sensitivity now because you said that my eyes bugged and I was like, that would make me throw up. <laughs> yeah. But OK, anyway, I was going to say um, because of that, I think this movie, S. Darko, takes place right before 9-11. Oh, shit. Wait, what do you know what year it came out? I actually don't. 2009 okay that's a perfect amount of time to process 9-11 you think make it i don't think the robert pattinson movie came out about 9-11 until like 2012 remember me okay but this never forget this movie nobody even freaking heard of it so maybe there's that there's a reason under the radar yeah okay that's a big read that's a big swing yeah yeah i'm I'm taking some risks in my happens you're taking some risk go ahead Okay, so... So what year? Um, I'm going to say, like, 2000... Because I'm seeing it as, like, um, right post... Because, okay, the, the Bush-Gore election happened, like, a year before okay. 9-11. Are you making 9-11 Halloween? Oh, my God. Are you doing it? Yes. Ah, <laughs> Jutsna! Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm strapped in. I'm strapped in. Look, I have some big ideas. Look, I've one. seen the Robert Pattinson movie. I've been inspired, too. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I think Donnie Darko is about like teens, the, the teen fear of like forces in the world beyond our understanding, and like we can't control what's gonna happen, and all we can do is like try to control what we can and find meaning, and that's the whole thing about teen existentialism. You can't even vote yet. Oh, I think Donnie Darko boils down to like you love everybody and you hate how the world is and you want to kill yourself. Yeah. And then Donnie's kind of doing all three in a mass like jesus figure action and i feel like the universe is supporting all his grandiose ideas about all of it totally or at least he would feel that way yeah it's through his eyes you know literally we're seeing that jake gyllenhaal blue iris real big with suspicious computer graphics over it and some cool shots of the ocean and stuff it kind of reminds me of you know the meme of the woman who can't do math with like math overlaid in front of her that's exactly this movie is about figuring it out yeah (laughs) yeah this is a movie about deciphering messages like the quadratic equation yes okay so i think okay i also saw the cover of this and I know that our favorite rabbit is in it. Mm-hmm. So I think our rabbit comes to warn her about 9-11. Okay. Um, but he like, lives in Virginia. Great. That's to, so maybe convenient. He's close. The, the commute will be so short. Yeah. But I think, okay, I think Sam is like a, a low-level FBI agent. Okay. And, but, okay, at the end of Donnie Darko, it says like everybody who is involved in the alternate timeline starts having like dreams. Mm-hmm. I think Sam starts having like weird dream visions that the bunny is part of about like just massive chaos and destruction on a global scale. Mm -hmm. And I think part of her does remember like exactly how it went down with Donnie. And she's kind of like, this is like the mysticism in our family. Like, do you think she could see Frank as a kid? No, but okay. Okay. My other theory in this is that I think Frank is Donnie. Okay. So I think under the the um, bunny outfit that she sees, it's Donnie. And maybe we even see that early. Yeah. And I think, like, she starts seeing all these visions of destruction. I think she even sees stuff about planes. So obviously she starts thinking about her dead brother. And she starts thinking about, like, just how she wishes she could have prevented that tragedy. And I think, so I think she starts seeing all this, but, like, there isn't, like, a clear path forward. Like, there's no, like, 
clues There's about no instructions yeah frank's not making it clear like he was with donnie yeah it just occurs to me now but like as someone who interacts with the google calendar a lot frank is essentially just doing that for donnie darko where he's being like this many days till this event hey go do this at this time and i do feel like i would pay more attention to my deadlines and obligations if it were delivered in a more human manner from something with eyeballs yeah that's pretty much all it takes for me when someone has eyeballs i'm like engaged mm-hmm. windows to the soul i guess i really believe that even if they're like golf balls style like opaque Mm -hmm. like frank yes that's still like windows the soul windows can look different you know i just think it's such a cool look that it's just a regular bunny outfit but then a skull face and it still has buck teeth incredible design well at the end when he's like in his garage i feel like what if he just got a regular bunny costume and then he made that mask i could see that it was his passion project Mm -hmm. a nascent fashion designer I am worried that he only has one idea because he had all those sketches of just the bunny. He loved it. He, I do think he either made the bunny or he was just so transfixed by it. Or what if he just is practicing his sketching and he got this bunny suit and he was like, you know what? Just going to try sketching. It does have like a lot of like, I feel like texture. Mm-hmm. It's good to practice your shading on that thing. That makes sense. I would like to go to like a life drawing thing where someone just wears that and does life drawing poses, like leans on a stool or like kind of lounges you- with a scarf across their genitals oh so you want just the mask just and no no full full body frank costume but i just want frank to act like he's protecting the modesty of his between the legs area i think the other version could also be interesting it'd be interesting but then if i went to that one i'd be like this is the pervert life drawing class i think life drawing always is on that border i think once you introduce um unhuman ears into a situation Mm -hmm. that involves nudity i'm out famously one of the things i hate to see most is someone i know in an instagram photo where they have elf ears on okay do you think if you wore the frank costume to a furry convention would they love it or hate it i think you'd be an outsider and you'd be like why do i wear this i should have worn something like that normal would be like, yeah. i should have worn something freaking normal <laughs> yeah i think you'd be like embarrassed but what if you were really like adamantly like frank is my fursona i kind of feel like they would be like that's not super original of you okay because these people like they're the they're being a giant rooster who's like a girl i feel like they for the most part is like are like a blue fox or a red fox but who wears a star trek shirt what if you were just the frank but you wore a star trek shirt i would say i'm in the persona of a furry right i'm in my persona right now trying to imagine my response i think i would say we're getting somewhere okay with this i think i would say frank implies to me that maybe you have sort of a dark rabbit spirit but are you really just a poser? Are you really just something media gave you? Like, this isn't from your heart? There should be a queer eye for furries. Furries. But then the people queer eyeing them would have to also be furries, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, they're on board with being furries. I think it's too hard, though, to watch people in mascot suits, like, interact, like, in a queer eye way. Because it's important to see Jonathan Van Ness, like, fix someone's hair and they no, cry No, no, together. I think they're furries in, like, their spare time. But when they're on the job, they're, like... They're not? They're not. I don't know what furries want, but in my mind, I'm like, furries want to be furries all the time, well, but it's I feel just like, not comfortable. I feel like it's like RuPaul coming to see them in the workshop. Wherever it, he's RuPaul. Right, right. Wearing his little suit. Instead of the blonde wig. Yes. Okay. And then, but then when they're doing the the judging. When they do the challenge. Yeah. Okay. I still think that's hard because like a fursana can't look like, it can't deliver a cutting remark. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't know how we do it. The first fursana sort of makeover show. If only they weren't so committed to their craft, you know? Like, if only they could just take the, the top off for, like, one second. The do they head. not do that? Because it, like, shatters the illusion. I feel like if I were a furry that had to judge a competition show, I would, like, wear the body part and then just do face paint and be like... Okay. I'm honoring my fursona, but yeah. I, I understand the limitations of television. I think if I were to be a furry judging your reality show, I would have the head on, and then I would take the head off, but it would be a reveal that i had like special effects makeup on underneath that oh. made me look like the furry but still my eyes mouth etc i think i would be even crazier and i have like a paper mache human face on top of my furry mask and then under that yeah my prosthetics wait so you'd wear a giant paper mache human head and you take that off <laughs> yeah maybe someone else has to cut into it mm-hmm. we room me a bit like and like then you a have a furry head yes and then you take off the furry head and then you have prosthetics yes but i think it's prosthetics to make me look like a real fox but then also i have like glamazon makeup on top like yeah yeah because you're still the furry yeah you're like a fox that is judging reality show exactly totally 
that almost makes me want to take it a step further where then I have that one and then you take that off and there's what appears to be my human head. But, but it's, it's a slightly bigger model of my human head. And then you take that off and there's another fox head that this time it's my real head. And okay. then underneath it, it's just me. But I don't, I think it would be too intimate at that point to show my real face at all. In the in the version where there's like six to get to my head, I do imagine myself being bald, no eyebrows, <laughs> no eyelashes at the end of the line. And this is like some kind of striptease performance. But I just the head. Just the head. <laughs> I feel like this feels more like a drag race win. It would be a win. Yeah. And I'm going to give you the credit there. You're the one who said paper mache human head. And I was like, that's a challenge winner. <laughs> this is the other thing about drag race. We're getting really off topic. But like they bring in so much shit already mm-hmm. from the outside. Like yes. I feel like a contestants would come in with like six suitcases and one of them just has their giant paper mache human yeah. head. Yeah. Because they know that's their yeah that's their big hit. And then there's the other one who like just got into drag and all their shit is like that they tried to make themselves on their sewing machine. How are they supposed or to Or not even and they just look like a girl who works at Rue 21 at the mall. Yes. Yeah. I think that happens sometimes in a way that you're like, guys, people have really elevated the form mm-hmm. at this point. People with um, giant bank accounts. I don't even know how much money it costs to make a giant paper mache head. Maybe just not that much, but like several days, weeks. You even. can't get newspaper like that anymore. I feel mm-hmm. like newspaper is an integral part of paper mache, and like that's like rare. I think you have to go to the library and get all their free pamphlets and everything. And just shred them. Yeah. And then it's like this: the outside of your giant head represents knowledge, and then it can also be like anti-banned books or something. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'd figure out how to burn my paper mache head off my head the katniss in the hunger games yeah she does one of the most famous slays of ya literature okay at least wait wait go ahead sorry no it doesn't if you were going to transition i was going to transition because i still wanted to say wait if you did have a first sauna what do you think it would be i would want to be some kind of bird but perhaps a mythical creature like a phoenix what color that feels important like like a violent purple totally but i think i'd like have flame accents okay what would you be at first when i was thinking about this i thought i wanted to be some sort of sea creature but then after what you said the first thing that came to mind was just a duck and i think i would just be normal duck colors so like are we thinking white and orange beak actually i was thinking like a cartoon duck or like a rubber ducky like yellow with an orange beak okay but i think i might want to be a mallard but still a girl but a mallard so like green head white neck stripe brown multicolor body i think you could actually slay at the furry convention in that you think well, because I think everyone's being so, like, over-the-top wacky. If you just show up there as a normal duck. Everyone would think I was grounded. People would be embarrassed that they were so far removed from reality. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, we need to get back to the basics here. This is a classic <laughs> animal. This is a classic per Yeah, okay. I don't know. I we can't. I could just talk about this forever, but that's not what we're here today. We're here to talk about S-Dargo. But S-Dargo does still have a freaky rabbit in it. That much I know. That much you do know. And you were just introducing how he fits in your plot, eh? Yeah. So, okay. I think Donnie Darko leads us to believe that Donnie Mm -hmm. is actually seeing this bunny and that it is Frank and that time travel is real, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think the goo blobs that come out of people's chest is pretty much undeniable. Yes. And I think we see them in this one too, actually. But in this one, it's a little more like, what is the bunny trying to say? Is it even telling her to do anything? Is she maybe going a little crazy? Mm -hmm. And I think we actually aren't sure if she's getting visions of 9-11 or if she accidentally stumbled across the conspiracy to do 9-11. And as a junior FBI agent, she accidentally stumbles upon a meeting where like we don't really get the full context to it, but like eagle-eyed viewers will be able to put together that they're planning 9-11. Yeah, it's like a hint-based movie. Exactly. Then this is all like a few months before 9-11. Uh-huh. And she starts like putting together all these details and she like figures out based on like the visions she's having that something big's going to happen. Basically, bottom line is in Donnie Darko, he's supposed to prevent the tragedy. And mm-hmm. in this, I don't think she can. I think it's just going to happen. Oh, that made me that made my stomach drop a little. And OK, in the big climax, whereas Donnie was like following his goo blob path, his destiny, she yeah. walks away from her. That's cool. She gets on a bus and goes to Manhattan. Wait, but do you think her destiny is to do nothing or her destiny is to try to prevent it? What do you think the path's leading to? I think she's just supposed to know and not do anything. And. 
and she's like seen some flashes of like what could happen in a warning like don't proceed any further if you see any of these images and she does start to see all of them okay and one of them is charita chang's face <gasps> looking scared and like walking right past her as if she doesn't yeah. even see her sam gets to manhattan she goes to the World Trade Center mm-hmm. just as... Trita Chang's exiting? Just as Trita Chang's exiting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The planes crash and Sam dies. What happens to Trita? She's fine. I think she should have a moment like at the end of the Christopher Nolan Batman 3 where he's in Italy on a um, porch drinking like a nice cup of coffee and enjoying himself. I think she takes a ferry across to Hoboken. Okay. Sits on a patio. Sits on a patio and she looks a little sad. Hmm. So that's my happenstance on S. Darko. I feel like this sounds still like a lot like the Robert Pattinson movie about 9-11. <laughs> but that one's fun because you don't even know it's about 9-11 until like the last scene. Yeah. But I'm saying imagine if like he just had a gooblob in that movie sometimes. Okay. You could be like, this is a definitely a sequel to Donnie Darko. Okay, do you want to tell me what you know about Estarco? Okay, so what I know about Estarco is it's set in a desert town. And like that it was not made by the director of Donnie Darko who wrote Donnie Darko. That should be illegal. It was made by, I'm pretty sure, some random guy whose other movies are like softcore gore. What's softcore gore? Softcore, like sex softcore. Okay, okay, but then also gore. Gore. Like I think they're like stabby movies where also there's like visible nips. That does feel like, though, like people who like that kind of thing also like Donnie Darko. They do, but I'm like, that's so wrong. Like, I think if you like Donnie Darko and that, like, that's like the school shooter way to like Donnie Darko. That's not the way. For sure. I don't know if I feel like Donnie Darko ultimately has like a positive message, but I think you can take away messages that aren't. I do think there's an enlightened way to watch Donnie Darko. Yeah, I think so, too. I kind of think the core message of Donnie Darko might be like, accept it. That That's exactly what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> it's about acceptance. I, I wrote, uh, Donnie Darko is about fate and accepting yours and figuring out what's important. Cheers to that. And I think the people who like it in a way where they also like like boob slashers, mm-hmm. they didn't get it. Well, They, they think, need to watch it again. They think Donnie Darko is about masturbating from your therapist and um, vandalizing your school. Those are just incidentals. <laughs> Yeah, those are just stops on Accept his way it. to enlightenment. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't really feel any type of way about either of those. No. He's accepting it. He was told to do it and he freaking did it. Yeah. He knew what he's worried about. The well-being of his girlfriend and family. And he was nice to that crazy old lady. He was nice to that lady. And all she did, it appears in the movie, is every day, multiple times a day, wander out into the street right when a car's coming. Which, do I sometimes want to do that? Sure. But every freaking day? <laughs> multiple times a day? We see her do it in morning, we see her do it afternoon, and we see her do it late at night. I also think it's funny that she's all about time travel, and she has the same hairstyle as um the guy from Back to the Future, who's also all about time travel. That's a classic time travel look. I do think if Donnie lived, his hair should have turned from black to shock white which i think would have been a really fun visual because he would look like danny phantom maybe um when he takes the bunny mask off in my version of s darko it's danny phantom oh yes, he has white he hair, has white hair. <gasps> love that'd be so good i think the problem is i knew going into this that jake gyllenhaal did not lay a finger on this sequel oh no that's very smart of you though considering that to say that he's inside frank because then we never necessarily have to see jake gyllenhaal yeah and i think that might be real. So you think in the real movie, he is in the mask. Yeah. But I think it's in a way that's like so obtuse, like they barely say it. Right. And it's implied. And then you have to Google it after. And you're like, oh, that was supposed to be Donnie in the Frank suit. And then you're like, because they couldn't afford Jake Gyllenhaal. And Jake Gyllenhaal knew this was a piece of trash. It is the same actress who played Samantha and Donnie Darko. Whoa. And she's like probably 19 or something in the movie but she still looks just too young i think the visuals on it are very like texas chainsaw massacre early 2000s right where she's just wearing like a dirty white tank top and that alone put me off but i feel like it's in a tits out way but in a way that like you then see her face and you're like this little girl from donnie darko and you're like why are they doing this to her why is she doing that to herself because i feel like she didn't get any other work ever again except she was in the cult classic donnie darko and then whoever made that let this like perv director buy it off him Mm -hmm. and then he called her up and she's like yeah i haven't done anything in years okay look samantha darko actress come on the pod Wait, I'd actually love to have her come on the pod. Yeah. And I'm sorry if anything I just said in that last minute was offensive to you. We just wish people well on this pod, ultimately. We do. This podcast is about well wishes. (laughs) 
Okay, so that's all my previous remembrances of S. Darko. And I also think I literally didn't make it through this movie. Like, I think I got it at Blockbuster and watched it even, like, on a sick day. And then even on a sick day, I think I made it, like, 45 minutes and then was so, like, upset about what this movie was doing to the film Donnie Darko's legacy at age, like, 17 or whatever that I had to turn it off. Good for you. Thank you. I took a stand. (laughs) (laughs) More than anyone else did for Donnie Darko. Yeah, I guess so. But in some ways, I am glad that whoever wrote and directed Donnie Darko went that way with it and did this shitty 2009 knockoff instead of trying to make like Donnie Darko 2 now with like CGI Jake Gyllenhaal and he's in it and it's a Netflix only and it's like bad. Because I could see a world where they try to like over commodify it. You just spoke that into the world and now it might happen. That should get freaking credit. I oh no now no it's coming to me it's coming to me already my happenstance on the Donnie Darko sequel okay I think we should call it Donnie Darko Revelations <gasps> that's such a good name for it I was gonna say maybe Revolution because I was imagining it needs to have some Tron bike type stuff in it okay <laughs> I think we're real I think this also should just kind of shit on the original film well, but yeah. in a more 2023 way. No sequel lives up to the original, as we discovered during our Doctor Sleep episode. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to try to, in good faith, also make a bad (laughs) sequel, but just different than this bad sequel. Right. I think in this one, Donnie Darko, we're we're following the timeline where he chose to live and his teen girlfriend got hit by a car. Okay. And did his mom and his sister die in that one? Probably. Making him an even more fucked up guy as an adult. I think we're following him in that one. It's in 2024, but like a future 2024, like our idea of it. And I think the singularity has happened where human consciousness is like merged totally with machines. That's already scary. And like the cloud. And I think maybe he is running for office, but in a way that's nihilistic. Is the bunny still in Donnie Darko 2024? Yeah, they're running mates. Okay. And also, if it's a simulated tech universe, the bunny could be like an avatar. That's exactly what I was going to say next. Yes. And maybe there's just other like people in different suits wandering around like Ready Player One style. Yeah, it's definitely like Ready Player One. That's part of its badness. And Rick from Rick and Morty is going to be in it. Spoiler. And Morty is going to be in it too. And him and Donnie are going to square off in an ultimate battle. I think Donnie should run against the politician Morty. Slay. Okay, sold. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) I don't know. Do we even need to keep going? I think it's probably sold out there. Literally, it feels fully formed. Enough. And then vibes are going to carry it. Mm -hmm. What songs do you think would be in it? Just the new um, Little Uzi Vert album. Okay, I was going to say I think some Billie Eilish. Okay, great. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) We solved that one. (laughs) I also would like to just say, sad that Donnie, instead of S. Darko, we couldn't have gotten Donnie Darka. Okay, like feminizing. Yeah. (laughs) What if it's just girl version this time? Okay. Donna. Donna Darka. It sounds like one of Trump's ex-wives. Donna Darka. Yeah. If you were just to really be like... Donna Darka. Like, yeah, like you're yeah. just being offensive with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, the real sequel. I think what happens to Samantha Darko, after what happens to Donnie Darko, that's like really troubling to her. Mm-hmm. And I think she does the classic sort of response, which is like be on a lot of drugs and stuff. And part of it is because she just had, right before her brother died, she won third place in the talent like scout competition with her dance crew sparkle motion of which she's been named the beyonce right she had like one of the biggest triumphs of her life followed by a, a her brother tragedy. died but i think her mom like stopped talking and only smoked cigarettes and mm-hmm. like the dad had a heart attack and died things went really south that sucks because donnie really thought he was saving his family but then- i think he didn't i think in this movie basically all the worst stuff happens to samantha darko that way she can go like to los angeles because she wants to be a dancer but then fall into the seedy underbelly world of like porn in the valley mm-hmm. and in my version i don't i'm gonna give her like enough agency to be like she tries it and she's like i don't think this is for me okay like it's not anything too horrendous this getting her out of LA. she's just like i took a swing and this wasn't it and then i think it is set right before y2k okay. i think it's like 10 years later exactly so like 1999 yes okay. and i think y2k is supposed to be the end of the world that's coming because everyone thought that was going to happen because the computers oh 
that's good yeah i think pre-internet we like were fabricating new ends of the world like with a lot of drama and like like multi-year build-up but then now that we have the internet we know that a lot of little things that that feel like the end of the world happen every day so we don't need to create those milestones anymore as a culture yeah i don't dread any specific date just like every day yeah oh yeah i think you're right this is a very implication based movie Mm -hmm. even more so than the first one because Mm -hmm. the guy who wrote it was like did about as much work as you and i just did on donnie darko 2024 i think there's something in a lazy filmmaker watching the first one being like so i can just make a movie that kind of doesn't make sense and everyone will be like whoa hell yeah yeah i think that's this guy's ethos i think he's wearing a dirty tank top as he makes the movie and she's wearing a dirty tank top to star in the movie and that's what you need to know it's basically a self-insert hmm. Th- that's me but a teen girl i like the idea of the guy being more like that than like a teen girl objectifier honestly well, i feel like it's always like these pervy men who try to picture themselves as teen girls and they're like if i were a teen girl i'd just suck some dick i kind of feel like that's what Bo Burnham did with the 13 movie, but it's not he's going to suck some dick. It's just like, I'm going to cry in my room on my phone, but as a teen girl. And I think that's weird of him. Totally. Bo, come on the pod and defend yourself. These are adults shaping our culture, you know? Like, I just don't know how I feel about any of that. And you know what? Freaking Jake Gyllenhaal, much like the real Donnie Darko, as far as I know, took himself off the map after All Too Well 10 Minutes came out. I feel like even when he was on the map, it was in like a just now and then popping his head and being weird being greasy and then exiting yeah and then he'd do a good movie every once in a while i like nightcrawler i do like nightcrawler he's also in brothers i love brothers with toby mcguire it's like a very subtle movie about toby mcguire goes to war and natalie portman is his wife and she stays home and falls in love with his brother jake gyllenhaal Uh. i think i watched it in eighth grade and also me and my high school boyfriend were obsessed with it like as a couple because that's kind of like some like south mississippi shit my old roommate personally knew someone whose brother died in war and then he married his wife and adopted the dead brother's children. That's a classic like middle ages thing to do too. Chivalry. That's or, just yeah. basic respect. Yeah. Keeping in the family. That's just being respectful. Yeah. yeah. And wouldn't it be nice to be in heaven and know that your bro is down there. Taking care of your wife and kids. Holding down the freaking fort. And yet. <laughs> and yet. Just our, our, all our petty jealousies getting in the way. This probably can't go with the pod. But sometimes when I think of brothers, I imagine... Does it work if it's your sister? Like, I imagine if I, for some reason, had to marry my sister's boyfriend. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm like, no. I'd adult adopt my sister's boyfriend. You take care of him. Yeah. Okay. Would that make her happy? I don't know what would make my sister happy in death. I should ask her. It's good to get that, that should be part writing. of my living will. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> living will is, are you going to marry your sibling's spouse if they pass away unexpectedly i'm gonna say no but i would like i do some kind of other partnership like if you wanted to open like a a winery or something dude i was literally thinking the same thing where i was like i would go in on a restaurant with him (laughs) what's up with that but that's just true because that feels like a a thing like a restaurant or a winery Mm. keep it in the family you know i'd also go on an amazing race with him keep it in the family my sex life don't keep it in the family i just feel like that's yeah yeah Good for us. Good for us. Two thoroughly modern thinking women, I think, on that one. I think we answered that really good. (laughs) And just a quick reminder, if any listeners out here don't have a living will, now's the time to pause the podcast and Mm -hmm. go work that one up. There's resources out there. Just email it to us and put us in it. I won't be responsible for any living family members or pets. Just give us, like, if you have any, like, cool costumes. Would you take someone's fursana outfit if they left it to you in their will? I think it would definitely make me feel weird, but I would accept it and I would stuff it and have it by my door like a suit of armor. Okay. I even like make it hold a sword or something. I think that would like actually protect your dwelling a lot. I mean, anyone who tried to break in would take one look at that and be like, never mind. And aren't those things like nine feet tall? Like, aren't they somehow always nine feet tall even if the person in them's not? Yeah. How are they doing that? It's like the same with like Disney mascots where the person in them is like five feet tall so that they can like see out of their mouth. Like they're never actually seeing out of their eyes. They're seeing out of the mouth. Yeah. I could never live like that. (laughs) How are you even supposed to feel like your fursana is real if you can't see out of the eye holes of your fursuit? I guess at some point the imagination must kick in. I keep not remembering how we even got on these topics, which is like bad because normally I can at least kind of go back mentally. Oh, I was saying that in real life, Jake, like Donnie Darko, took himself out of the spotlight after All Too Well 10 Minutes came out. Yes. And I just wanted to say, in a way, I think that makes Taylor Swift like a Frank figure. What if in Donnie Darko 2024, 
We don't even tell Jake Gyllenhaal who Frank is. Oh, and then at the end, it's just a reality show. And they just film their real reactions being in the same room. And she's like, gotcha. And he's like, Taylor, this is weird. We're fine. Like, why why are you trying to do this stunt to Mm -hmm. me? We're fine. That would be the greatest film of all time if we It would be really good. And we can release it on TikTok in like 137 parts. Just like Charles Dickens did with his novels. Genius. Look, one thing about history, if you don't learn it, you're doomed to repeat it. Or not repeat it if it's a good idea. (laughs) And if Charles Dickens was speaking out here doing TikTok marketing strategies that you know would work, we need to avail ourselves of that information. This fucking episode is a mess. I just am constantly in this podcast railing against the sexualization of... The innocence. Yeah, I don't want innocence to be corrupted. And Mm -hmm. I think it's fine if they, like, like it, but don't put that on them. You're basically, like, Holden Caulfield. Another guy who's, like, Donnie Darko, basically. Yeah. Same diff. Let's let's borrow from that for Donnie Darko 2024 (laughs) as well. Okay, yeah, let's get J.D. Salinger involved. Okay. I don't know if he's alive, but... JD? He's not. He's been long past. Okay. Unless you want to, like, how Elvis and Tupac are out yeah. there. He you could know, be out there. But isn't he so old? Perhaps. Like, he would have already, even if he fake died, he probably would have already really died. Yeah. Like, the Zodiac Killer, probably. Yeah. Damn. Do you Maybe? like when that happens? I like when that happens. When, like, the Zodiac Killer's dead already? <laughs> I just, I think, I, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. I think it's, like, not as satisfying as if you were alive and we could catch him. And was revealed. Yeah. Like, I think JD should have, like, had to make a giant speech to all of America before he passed. Someone needed to track him down through the jungles or wherever. So he could give his statement. Yeah. Hmm. If America valued books more, maybe we would have done that. Maybe we would have gone and caught him instead of Osama bin Laden. Instead of doing an act of violence on another person, we would have said, hey, why don't you share how you feel? Wait, do you know the famous story of the, the missionary Dr. Livingston? No. Okay, so he, like, vanished. He was supposedly in Africa and he mm-hmm. disappeared. And then this one explorer spent literally like years and years tracking him down and Mm -hmm. found him in an African village. And he went up to him and all he said was, Dr. Livingston, I presume. What did Dr. Livingston say? Probably like, what? That's all I I wanted to hear. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good enough payoff for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would say that too. What? Who are you? Why why are you coming to look for me? Are you my son? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I'm mad about as a woman is you can't not know if someone's your son or that you don't have a son. But sometimes I like to pretend I could be in that situation. Mm -hmm. Like a Vince Vaughn sort of situation for me. Uh, uh, Yeah. Like if someone says, do you have any kids? And you're just like, not that I know of. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I'd be kind of sick. Yeah. And then if like one day some kid shows up who looks like my ex-boyfriend, I'm like, why do you look just like wait a second wait. are you my son oh my god that night you and me yeah <laughs> i want to be that i want to be on the vince vaughn end of okay, things totally that's feminism but back to what's not feminism <laughs> freaking s darko in my estimation i think she leaves los angeles and she's driving back to virginia in her old beater okay and i think it conveniently breaks down in a shitty middle of nowhere desert town where there's like mostly just a gas station right and i think at the gas station there's a kind of sexy but still seedy guy who's like ragging down the gas station counter and she's like where am i my car is broken and he's like i'll fix it but it's gonna take a while okay because I got to order parts. All the reasons that normally your car takes a while. Mm-hmm. Imagine that happens to you. and You're in the middle of nowhere. In the shitty gas station only town. And I think she has to go stay at the like only motel that's run by this woman who's like also seedy and has like a young child who's like she doesn't wash their face. Like a I'm bad okay. falls asleep with her cigarette lit mom. A dirty child is automatically bad vibes. Bad vibes. And I think uh she's like what is this place it's not on the signs or something and the gas station guy and the motel lady are both kind of like it's somewhere you don't want to be i love saying that about your own town yeah yeah but they're there that makes you allowed to say it if you don't want to be there yeah yeah. it's like talking shit about your sibling exactly you're it's fine you can't say it if you're not from there yeah you're keeping it in the family so maybe then in that sense she's like what this is such a great little town everyone's like girl you know it's not and then i also think part of the disappointing part of this movie is that frank is not in it like at all like i almost think they might show shots of frank from the first movie with a weird filter on it and call that like her dream or like a vision and that's enough in this movie and like they, i'm talking blips of so that. they really could not find that damn costume to save their lives i feel like they couldn't afford it okay i feel like it is in some museum somewhere 
or some right. weird guy's house and they could not get their dirty mitts on it this is like when oj got arrested for like breaking into somewhere to rob it of his own merchandise i didn't know he did that yeah what was his motive just thinking it was should be his it's his merchandise that's complicated <laughs> and that's i feel like they should have done that for for the donnie darko buddy suit they should have broken into wherever and got it and yeah if they have freaking put anything in this movie i think they would have mm-hmm. but they just i don't think they did so i think that after you said that they imply donnie's in the suit i think it's definitely that before i was trying to imagine what how we would show donnie and i was thinking that the motel owner who's like her only female friend and is a bad mom also gives haircuts Okay. And then she has a gla- a jar of that blue sanitizing haircut liquid mm-hmm. and just Donnie's in there sometimes and being like burble 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 and like looking like his face is obscured by waves to where Donnie Darko impersonator could play him and he just okay. gives her messages and it's like really bad. Or maybe it's like in um, Dr. Sleep the film when mm-hmm. it's just like a Donnie Darko type figure who's like slightly in profile. In shadow. Yeah. Like a guy with kind of poofy dark bangs. Yeah. yeah and a hunch. And I think, I didn't get this far in it, but I feel like something bad's happening in the gas station town. Like kids are going missing or Mm. something like real skeezy. Yeah. And so we're worried about the motel lady's kid who she's not watching. Yeah. And then I think somehow her goob going to lead her to like get the serial killer. Right. Or something. Well, I mean, the first serial killer is just going to like stab her. And she dies. Or maybe she stabbed. Maybe it's like a one, two kind of thing. They stab each other. They just stab each other. And then there's no more her. But there's also no more serial killer in the dusty town. Maybe it's a highway serial killer since there's no one in the town. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm worried it's gas station guy. I can't say for sure, but I'm worried it's her love interest gas station guy. He was the creep the whole time. It would be kind of interesting if she suspected it was him and like either killed him or like almost killed him, sent him to the hospital because she's so crazy and like doesn't. Wait, like on accident or on purpose? On purpose. I think she she kills him on purpose. But yeah, she thinks it's him, but it's not actually him. Oh, it's not him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe she just kills him and we're left to decide okay was it him or was it not him or and then we see some flashes of like the shitty mom and the kid they're actually fine now and they live somewhere with green grass that's not dusty town and we're like did, is this what was allowed to happen or are we just seeing this because it's a bad movie and i do think her and gas station guy like have sex with her on top during it the whole just the, in the movie maybe she like gone girl style kills him while she's on top i don't think it's that i kind of think that makes it like feminist but i think they just do it and then they have some bad dialogue briefly and then she stabs them separately. See, art is about rolling those two scenes into one. Right. I think just this is an art. Yeah. And like, director of this, if you're listening, literally don't come on the pod. Yeah. I'm not in the mood I to argue I think we've heard enough this. from this guy. Warning. Now's the part of the episode where we at least kind of reveal what really happens. Spoilers ahead. Ding! Welcome back, everyone. I have just reviewed the true events of S. Darko and... Justin, do I have a doozy for you? Oh, God. First of all, I would just like to call out some characters in this that I think shows you it's going to be a bad movie. The second lead's name is Corey Corn. <laughs> the same three letters at the beginning of each of those words. 100%. Also a Riverdale ass name. And there's also a guy named Justin Sparrow, which just feels too close to Jack Sparrow for a movie released in 2009. There's also someone in it named Balin which is my cousin's husband's name, which I've never heard before. Okay, shout outside out Outside of him until this moment. Yeah, Balin, come on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, I know you're listening. Hey, thanks. That was cute. Thank you. So let's let's get into it. The actual plot of S. Darko starts seven years after Donnie's death. Samantha's 18, inappropriate, and she has had a lot of angst with her family, and she runs away from home with her, quote, best female friend, Corey. To go to California. Corey Corn. Corey okay. Corn, the one, the only. Mm, she already has a name made for porn, though, so you know what? Corey Corn, star of porn. Most people's careers aren't like just laid out for them like that. But I'll have you know, there's actually no pornography in this movie, to my knowledge. Okay, so you ended up being more of a pervert than the director. I think the per I think the vibes were just so bad when I watched it that young um pure me was like this movie is trash top to bottom in every single way and i still feel like her nips are gonna be in the tank top too much for a girl Mm -hmm. who looks as young in the face as her i'm gonna stand by that one but the wikipedia article didn't cover that and they're definitely wearing like short shorts out there in the heat 100 100 
camel toe everywhere so they're going to california they run away from middlesex to go to california and their car does break down in fact in a shitty desert town but in utah and they're helped by the town bad boy randy okay that's very similar to yours actually yes and great bad boy name Mm-hmm. randy synonym for horny and <laughs> he tells them that a kid is missing okay so i think i might have retained more of this subconsciously than i knew so then we get into the stuff that i had no idea about the stuff that i think sounds like it does make it a donnie darko sequel oh wow yeah this i did not expect that's practically an endorsement maybe not quite but i my interest was piqued by the summary i'll say that one thing you need to know before i get into it is that they arrive in this town and there's three weird guys there and immediately two of them love sam darko and the other one randy loves cory corn okay so they just stumbled in this town boyfriends everywhere okay but they're, but they're creepy they're all creepy yeah they are but options options in a small town pretty good well i mean look if you're in a small town anyone who rolls in that's an option new right kid there. in school vibe yeah. that's true they were circling that's not great so one of these weird guys is a homeless veteran who the town calls iraq jag and this is the first iraq war yeah this is the og that's true i didn't even think about that but that's a, you know they were still threading in some political commentary. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I think this makes your synopsis like a little right. I'll take it. We're talking about conflict in the Middle East, you know. But awesomely, Iraq Jack is played by the guy who stars in One Tree Hill. That's not Chad Michael Murray. I don't know about that. You don't know about that. I know, but I think that's funny because I didn't know he's getting any other work, and then this is the work he's getting. Shocking. And when she meets Iraq Jack, because this is the Donnie Darko sequel, they go sit on a windmill, and she tells him that the world is going to end. And why does she think that? Because she's sleepwalking. Because she has sleepwalking problems. Okay. And so then the next day, a meteorite hits the windmill. Okay. And then the other weird guy, who is played by the guy who plays Jasper in Twilight, Oh, that's an excellent weird guy. A big get, a hugely weird guy, shows up and tells Sam Darko he wants to buy the meteorite. Like, she has ownership over it just because she saw it. She sat on the windmill. That's practically... I guess so. It landed on her... After your butt's been on a windmill, it's yours. After the weird guy wants to buy a windmill, we see an undead version of Sam, who looks like a zombie, make Iraq Jack burn down a church. Okay, wait. Is this like she was supposed to be sitting on the windmill when the meteorite hit her and then she dies? You would think that. But it seems like in this movie, she's actually the Frank. Okay. She's 100% the Frank and Iraq Jack is Donnie. Interesting. But so she gets him to burn a church down. And then the next scene we see is him forging a Frank mask. He, he has welding skills. He creates a Frank mask. He does. He this goes, is like freaking Iron Man when he makes his Iron Man suit in a cave. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There are caves in this movie as well. <laughs> okay. I clearly need to brush up on my Utah geography. Me too. Everything about this movie, I'm like, this could take place in Utah. They have windmills in Utah. Who knew? Wait, is it like um one of those old timey Dutch windmills? I'm imagining that, but it's unclear to me. Okay. Based on the... Because um, I don't think, like, the modern windmills you could sit on. That. Like, I don't know where you would sit. It'd be impressive CGI if you did. Maybe they just go all the way around, like, when you're on a Ferris wheel and it's, like, slow because it's a Donnie Darko tale. Cute. That's also the subtitle of this movie is S. Darko colon a Donnie Darko tale. And I did realize, too, when looking at the cover that there is a Frank-esque mask on the cover, but it's clearly a different artist's rendering. So I assume that would be Iraq Jack okay he's yeah. putting his own spin on he it he put his own spin on it and i like that i think that's an artistic detail guy who directed this i'm sorry i besmirched you literally so hard in the last part unless you still deserve it so after all these events happen samantha essentially just gets bad vibes and wants to leave the shitty town but her female bestie Corey corn wants to stay because she likes the bad boy randy they get in a fight about this and as in donnie dargo there's an emotional car moment and randy runs over and kills sam what wait sam's already dead though no because the that was a vague she just showed up as undead in one part okay and then other times she's running around in her tank top alive okay this is it's loose it's just loose all right she's appeared undead but it was like in a vision or something this time she gets really made dead okay 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 so maybe it's like when frank dies at the end of donnie darko and then just like appears before that he's well. well yeah yeah, he and Frank's around the whole time before the kid gets shot yeah. in the eye, you know? It's like that. I, I think, and I think we're not supposed to know that she's the Frank. We're obviously supposed to think she's the Donnie. Okay. Which I think that's good storytelling. Sure. That's a fun surprise. But once let a woman play the Jesus figure, 
he didn't do that right whatever she's just feelings. the harbinger as usual yeah and didn't even get to wear the sick outfit mixed bag but anyway after her new boyfriend randy runs over her bestie sam cory corn is naturally sad and then follows a strange boy through a portal there's another strange boy in this, this one's a young boy okay think town has murdered boys type boy okay 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 um and then they do a redo of all the events in the movie but sped up really fast until they do the car scene again except this time cory corn dies in the car accident huh and then after Corey Corn dies in the car accident, Samantha's on a hilltop with Iraq Jack, who reveals that his grandma is his grandmother death, and that he actually based his mask that looks like Frank on drawings from Donnie Darko. Wait. That's what I'm saying. That's not right. Justice for local artisan Frank. Because he's the one who really drew the pictures of Donnie, of Frank. Yeah. He designed the rabbit mask, not Donnie. He should be related to Frank, if anything. If anything. But no, we're giving Donnie the credit for the rabbit mask in this universe. So then, while wandering in a nearby mine, that's a direct quote, Samantha finds two dead boys. What is the industry that's happening in Utah, anyway? (laughs) It could be anything. Meteorites, trafficking, I don't know. But she finds two dead boys, and one is the one that led Corrin through the portal. Okay. And then it's the 4th of July. A shining moment. Mm-hmm. And she goes with Jasper from Twilight to the fireworks. Okay. And the fireworks make him so incensed, he pushes her and she falls down a hill and lands on a rabbit skull mask that plunges through her head. How many times does she freaking die in this movie? Like a lot, which is why I think I might have had sexploitation vibes on it. Okay. She's getting like murdered in her tank top by town weird dudes. And though, she falls and gets her head bashed in on a different Frank mask than the one Iraq Jack's making. So this town full of them maybe he's the town mascot or whatever the whole time he was yeah. actually the mascot for conejo falls utah maybe like they have a frank day parade that'd be so cute one time i went to galway when ed sheeran was gonna perform right <laughs> after his hit song galway girl and everyone in the town wore ed sheeran masks that imagine without even literally look like. scarier than frank and his face was in all the bars and it was like unnerving but that's what i'm imagining i think it would be a good sequel moment if like you see Frank and you start like following him and then you go into a bar and everyone there is wearing the Frank mask. That would be awesome. That should be in Donnie Darko 2024. Okay. Whenever he's on the campaign trail. Great. Yeah. And he, he's like, oh my God, is that Frank? And like runs after him and chases him down. But there's so many Franks. Yes. And they're all wrong. And then and then one of them takes off um their mask and it's like a drunk girl who's just like, ha ha happy Frank day. She's like, Frank day. And then he takes off another one. It's Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> What's the thing Rick from Rick and Morty says? Wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then Taylor shows the third one, naturally. Right. Um, and he's like, oh, Taylor, wait, why didn't anyone tell me about this? Who thought this was going to be funny? That's what I think. <laughs> that's what I think his reaction would be if he was stunt surprised by Taylor Swift on set. As Jake would say, why would anyone think this was funny? And her uh, hot NFL boyfriend would be there, too. And he could just soak in the vibes. He'd just be on his phone in a corner. That's cool. I like the idea of Taylor Swift having a boyfriend who's just on his phone. <laughs> He's kind of bored by what's unfolding around him, but is just texting. She's on the sidelines, like, cheering him on when he's on the sidelines, just on his phone. On his phone. (laughs) It's also funny to imagine, like, that Jake Gyllenhaal didn't know that Taylor was there, but was like, why is Travis Kelsey here? (laughs) Do you think he knows him? I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal's vibe is more to be like, why is there a guy who's just bigger than me here? (laughs) So, the grand finale of Donnie Darko is that Iraq Jack puts on his newly forged Frank mask, fits like a glove, And then he goes and sits on the windmill and gets killed by the meteorite. And we see Sam and Corey Corn living it up. And Sam goes to Corey Corn and Randy and is like, guys, I think I'm going to leave. And Corey's like, I think I'm going to stay. And they're like, bye. What happens to the dead boys? I really don't think this is my fault. I I don't think the Wikipedia covered that. Okay, so they were just like light uh, atmospheric dressing. And they helped the plot along some. And we were, I'm going to blame Jasper from Twilight personally okay i mean he did kill he did kill he's he wants to buy a meteorite that's inherently fucked up i don't like either of those behaviors so i'm gonna tack on that he's a boy murderer as well okay but that's not substantiated on the wikipedia page liking rocks too much is suspicious that's weird all right well i don't know it doesn't i'm sure it's not good like i believe that it's not good Mm -hmm. but at least things are happening. That's how I felt too. I read the synopsis and it was dense. And I was like, wow, things happened in this. And I do believe it does read like someone who watched Donnie Darko is like sitting there scratching his head trying to come up with some shit. 
And I think he did try. I accused him of not trying earlier in this podcast. I think he put his mm-hmm. his back into this one. We didn't do much better, you know? No. We didn't do much better. Maybe we should bring him in on Donnie Darko 2024. Maybe that's the answer. You didn't even want him to come on the pod earlier. And now you want to freaking have him co-executive produce. I didn't say he was going to get that title. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Just a script consultant. Yeah, we're... Look, the first step is we got to just email. Okay. And we'll see where that goes. All right, listen, dude. Check your inbox. We're going to get an email from Happenstance Pod. Ooh. The scariest thing. We're coming thing. for you. The scariest thing could ever happen. You receive an email from Happenstance Pod. You must forward to 10 people or else. Okay, wait. One more thing about this movie. Fucking Chuck Bass is in it? Are you serious? I didn't know. Like from um, Gossip Girl? Gossip Girl, Chuck. Yes. OMG. Wait, who even is he? Oh, he's the town bad boy, Randy. Oh, good. And you know, I'm going to say with the casting here, they really made this to appeal to me in 2009. These are all your top boys. Some of the top weird boys of my favorite medias. Mm -hmm. And yet I was so turned off. I think that means the guy failed at something. I can't believe Chuck is in it. The level of passion that that excited in you is... um He's one of the most shocking characters. Like, someone who's always surprising me, Chuck, in Gossip Girl. It's also funny to imagine him... He's he is British, right? Yes. Just and famously does a bad American accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And him like trying to mumble it up in the middle of Utah. Yeah, he's the bad boy of Utah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That sounds good. And this came out in 2009, which is when Gossip Girl started. So this was like an early project for him. I might watch it just for that. It seems like everyone in this, except for Samantha Darko herself, went on to bigger and better things. Reading the synopsis of this and seeing the cast, I just don't know why you didn't finish the movie, even on a sick day. Yeah. What if you hallucinated a worse movie because you were so sick? Or because that was like my goobob destiny. Oh my god! Was not to watch us Darko until this time. Look, if everything in the universe came together for this podcast to exist, (laughs) (laughs) then it would have all been worth it. It would have all been worth it. Please put us in your living wills. Thank you. Do you have anything else to say? Thanks for listening. I've been Sam. I've been Jotsna and will continue to be. This is Happenstance Pod. Bye now.